It's like playing Madden, like, but in Madden. Wingstop, 20-piece. See, he drums only. This team on flats. Stafford's been the best quarterback I've played with. Um, the guy can flat out play. Man, I can always do work, bro. I can always do work. Y'all know what I am. Round six, pick 200. I can always get work. All right, the Back Judge Podcast. Week, week 12 preview. We've, we've split up the uh, the office has been split up today. We had Lee and, and Adam hit this podcast in the morning, while while John and I were over at the Ivory Tower at our respective universities, just putting that work in. But yes, now we sir. Are here late night. We got just in time to preview before the Thursday night game we tomorrow. Got, Dolan, how I'm are doing you? great. It's always good to talk to the uh, you know other good looking part of the Back Judge uh, podcast. So. Clep and uh, Lee, they can keep their voices out there while we'll be getting our faces out there. Let's get this money, baby. There's definitely a conspiracy to, to not have us do video, uh, to do video podcast. So Clep. all the, the countless women who listen to this podcast. Like my mom, my know, nana. <laughs> Clep what? The women, the most important ones. Clep's been on. drinking too many Modellos, so he doesn't want us to do video podcast. The gut's been looking a little tough. <laughs> But on that note, we're all looking a little tough these on days. On that note, let's start uh, it off on Thursday, my man. Thursday, tee it off, Dolan. We're starting off with uh, Texans versus Colts, and basically, what I think—I mean, pretty much everyone should think this—is um, kind of the AFC South Division Championship game. And the Colts are a sneaky team who has always been over five hundred throughout the year. I believe they're at six and four, and I think the Texans are at six and four too. Um, and I th- kind of thought the Texans would be a lot better. And this is a game that neither team can afford to lose. And what I'm going to start my thoughts about the game on is just basically talking about the Texans because the Texans are one of my favorite teams in the league. Um, I'm worried about their defense, losing J.J. Watt for the season, trading Jadavion Clowney. Um, the Ravens just absolutely ran the ball down their throats. Um, uh, Lamar Jackson was even having an incredibly efficient passing day. Their secondary is old. Jonathan Joseph's their best corner, and he's 35 years old. And um, Deshaun Watson had probably the worst performance of his career last year. I think he either had zero points or there might have been a garbage time, you know, rushing touchdown to get seven. So that just absolutely shocked me. And uh, I know I think the line is at about three and a half right now. It's supposed to be a toss-up. The Colts have always played these close games with Brissett. They're well-coached. They have a good defense, and they're a scrappy team. But Deshaun Watson is still an MVP candidate. He's still, in my opinion, um, the second best quarterback in the NFL right now. And I really like uh, the Texans to bounce back here because if they don't, their season's over. Deshaun Watson's MVP season is over too. Yeah, Dolan, not a lot to disagree with there. Um, we both were talking about it before we recorded. We both were on the Ravens last week. Um, but, you know, definitely thought that this, the Texans coming off the bye would be able to kind of compete. And, and really it came down to – I mean, we both think Deshaun Watson is better than Lamar Jackson, yep. and we both think Deshaun Jackson is better than a whole lot of other quarterbacks in the NFL. So whenever you have that distinct yep. advantage, it's going to be tough to, uh, I mean, it's going to be tough to, you know, pick against them. But Baltimore, Baltimore continues to roll. They look to be the best team in the NFL right now. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more when we uh, get into that Monday night uh, extravaganza on the other end of the, of the, of the week. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, uh, take it from the Colts' perspective 
And I, I'm on the Colts. I listened to the to Lee and Adams breakdown. They're also on the Colts as well. And I agreed with a lot of the things that they were saying. Mainly, it comes down to the the clear coaching advantage with Indianapolis with Frank Reich as as compared to Bill O'Brien. Lee brought up the point that is that he has brought up countless times that Bill O'Brien has been one of the luckiest guys in the NFL to have drafted his organization drafted Deshaun Watson and kind of saved his job and and really hide a lot of you know the, the problems that that he has had as, as a coach and on the other side Frank Reich has taken a ragtag group of of players in Indianapolis along with Chris Ballard who's who's you know done a, a great job as a GM and are, are really performing at a high level Jacoby Brissett has been one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL I mean it, you know pr- probably a top 16 quarterback in the NFL I'd say especially when he's healthy um yeah, this and, and and they came off a really impressive win last week in Jacksonville. I, I was on the Colts; I thought yeah. they would win, but definitely not by the margin they did. Especially with uh, with Nick Foles coming back for Jacksonville. A little rusty for Nick, um, but yeah, yeah, a little rusty. But I mean, still the Colts just were were on fire, man, and really showed the disparity between Brian Hoyer and Jacoby Brissett and what that he does. Go for that Spartans! <laughs> yeah. And despite the fact that uh, Marlon Mack is out, I still think that this running back committee is going to be able to press on with obviously their offensive line being one of the better units in the league. And I got to shout out Marvell Tell in the secondary rookie from USC. Also went to Crespi Carmelite High School where I attended my freshman year in Encino, California. Screw the West Coast. He's a Celt. He's a Celt brother. <laughs> he's a Celt brother for life, and he's been he's been making some plays as a rookie. So I'm wow. on the Colts. Uh, this I, I probably would say six out of ten confidence on the Colts. I definitely. Would, I like them on the money line. It's almost at plus 200. It's at plus 175, I think, on my offshore. Mm. So I think there's definitely some value there with basically I think they have the advantage in every category except for quarterback. Obviously, that's you know quarterback's the most important position. But like you mm. said, Dolan, this really should decide the division, and I, and I can't wait for this match. Well, you know, Tommy, there's one thing about the Colts, and that's also something that's very similar to my Lions, and that's that they play close games against everyone. So before we move on, obviously, like Andrew Luck, one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. As soon as he retired, I counted the Colts out. So much credit to Jacoby Brissett. Doesn't turn the ball over. He's a great leader. He's one of the most reliable QBs in the league right now and sort of kind of in the top half of uh, passers. So all credit to him. But I think the Texans are simply a contender while the Colts aren't with the quarterback they have and the weapons they have on the outside. So I got the Texans winning this week. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would would not be shocked by any means if Houston wins, but – they just have continued to be carried by Deshaun Watson throughout his tenure there, and I think we saw last week how that you know there's there's potential flaws with that just because when you go up against teams that definitely have a coaching advantage against you and and particularly your yeah. defensive and offensive advantage potentially against you, it could, it could yeah, and that that you was want to, you want to yeah, take I will def- tell you, and that the Ravens defense was the best one the Texans have faced all all season, so that was a yeah, tough test for I'm, them. Yeah, I'm really excited to, to, to talk about that game in L.A., but why don't you take us over to First Energy Stadium in Cleveland where the Miami Dolphins are, are visiting the Cleveland Browns. Oh, all right. We got the, one of my favorite coaches in the league, Brian Flores, taking one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league, Ryan Fitzpatrick, going up against my least favorite coach in the league, Freddie Kitchens, and probably my second least favorite quarterback in the league, Baker Mayfield. And uh, both these teams are on a little bit of streaks. I know that the Dolphins lost this past week, but it's sort of starting to look like the Dolphins aren't really, they aren't this 0-16 team, like absolute trash that they we thought they were going to be. They play some competitive games. The spread's at 10.5 right now. 
And the Browns are kind of in that part of the schedule where everyone sort of had these predictions where they were gonna, there was hype on them all offseason, but some of the pundits were saying that, like, like my boy Colin Coward, he said they're going to start slow. Baker was going to struggle. He's still a second-year quarterback. He's still short. He still turns the ball over a lot. Um, and now, after those early season struggles, we're getting to the part of their schedule that's a little bit easier. They just had the Bills game. Uh, they won this past week against the Steelers, uh, injury-riddled Steelers team. And now they've got, on paper, on paper the worst team in the league, the Dolphins, but a team that's playing a little bit better than that because of their good co- coaching and Brian Flores. I hate the Browns. The Browns were the Lions' 0-16 brethren. They're kind of like a team that I enjoyed having suck with us. Um, but after all the hype this offseason, I sort of just jumped off the bandwagon and said, okay, you guys can sit here and act like the Cleveland Browns are legitimate contenders. Just say that to yourself, and we'll see how it really shapes up to be in the end of the year. And here we are in the most crucial part of the season. They're sitting at 4-6 and six in an absolute must-win. And I think they will win. They should win. They'll be 5-6 and six if they do win, and the Browns could end up being that you know pretty solid team that everyone thought they were going to be in the beginning. But at the same time, they're not that elite Super Bowl contender that having Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and Olivier Vernon and all the Kareem Hunt and all these names on a paper make you seem like you are. No, they're just a team that's scrapping to beat a terrible Dolphins team to fight for the playoffs. So, yeah, I think the, Dol- the Browns win, but I'm going to take the Dolphins to cover plus 10.5 because that's a good coach team that's been playing some good football. Yeah, from the gambling angle, I'd probably agree with you. I'd lean Dolphins plus 10.5. But this is a stay away from yeah. me just just based on what you were saying, man. I mean, the Browns, I, I've I've beat them. You know, I've beat a dead horse with them, and so have Adam and Lee. We've obviously talked about the offensive yep. line. Baker Baker's woes have not gone on. You know, we, we've, we've, we've touched on those. Um, I do like, I mean, Kareem Hunt, since he's come to the lineup, has been a nice... Uh, weapon, I think, for them. The, the change of pace with Nick Chubb and him is, is a tough thing for, for defenses to deal with. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to pick the Browns because they should win this game, but there's no, I have, you know, really no confidence in, in them, and I would not be shocked at all if the Dolphins win because, as you touched upon, Brian Flores is doing one of the better coaching mm-hmm. jobs in the NFL, I think. This is a guy who, uh, you know, his, his team plays hard for him. He really, I think, is implementing the the Patriot way as opposed to Matt Patricia, who we'll get into in a, in a little bit. Um, this this team is playing hard for them. They're they're overperforming relatively, and really have turned compared to where they were in August and even September after the Ravens blew them out, and uh, they really started off the season rough. And then the Patriots, obviously, too. But they, they've they've turned the corner. Fitz, Fitzpatrick is really playing hard for he's this decent. Team. He's a decent uh, QB. Yeah, I mean he's. He's Jameis yeah. a little bit. Like he's gonna he's gonna give you he's gonna turn the ball over, but he's gonna also it's gonna he's gonna do throw a lot of 50-50 balls that are either gonna be touchdowns slash big plays or turnovers. And and he's gonna be able to keep you in games for that. And the Browns, especially after losing Miles Garrett uh, for the rest of the year. Yeah, we, we gotta talk defense, about that for a second. Yeah, we can touch on it real quick, but just they don't, you know, they don't have that X Factor on defense. And again, not to to keep talking about this, but they're really there, there's no reason, like you said, Freddie Kitchen has been, has been a disaster this year. There's no reason to have confidence that the Browns are going to be able to uh, to beat this Dolphins squad. Yeah, and I'll say the thing I have to say about the Miles Garrett stuff is like when I first saw it, um, I thought he should never be able to play again. 
Um, obviously, it, it was an absolute coward move. I don't care what Mason Rudolph did, tugging at his helmet a little bit, whether he's being a douchebag. Miles Garrett, you are so much bigger than Mason Rudolph. If you have a problem with him, just fight him like a real man. Don't use weapons. So um, I didn't want to see him play again for a while. Right now, I'm happy with the league's indif- indefinite suspension. And 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 um, the one question I'll ask you before I, I got a little over under before we move on to this next game, or I don't, not really an over under, but just sort of like if you had to bet your life on one of them. Um, okay, the year is 2022. What is Josh Rosen is doing? Is he working on Wall Street, or is he the quarterback of the New England Patriots? If you had to choose one, I mean. <laughs> I think the move makes a lot of sense for the Patriots. We were kind of talking yeah. about this off off camera a little bit, even though you can't see our beautiful faces. Uh, you, you wish you um, could. <laughs> all, all, the late, all the back judge. Hey, I'm going to send judge this to my day. girlfriend. She's going to wish that she was listening. Oh, of course she would. Um, yeah, but, I mean, we talked about it a little bit. The Patriots seem to be a good fit for him. Um, I was talking I've, – I've talked about throughout the year how – and especially this year, it's evident that really – Besides Moxie, I think when you're looking for a quarterback, you need a guy who who has some mobility and can move in this modern NFL. Yep. And and if you don't have a guy like that, you need a, a proper system and, and especially a proper offensive line to to facilitate high production from him. And that's something that Josh Rosen needs. He hasn't been put in those situations yet. Um, I you know obviously a, a team like the Patriots would make a lot of sense for for him. I think, but I know I know my my brother Lee was, was, is definitely saying that he's on Wall Street, and I mean it's yeah. hard. It's hard to disagree Dude. with him because the Patriots really have no they. There's no incentive for them to go out and get him. Really, they they still have Brady. They, you know, I. This is a guy who clearly I think has interests outside the NFL, and um, you know, football is not his life by any means. Yeah, but Tommy, so, definitely a weird. Tommy question. Tommy Lee is saying that he's going to be on Wall Street because he's slowly coming to the terms that Josh Rosen's not an NFL quarterback. And I, it's, I know it's tough to say that this early, but what I'd like to see about out of Rosen, too much Rosen talk for this. We could probably have an entire episode on Rosen. We're, we're like the BJP are the biggest NFL nerds. But I, um, what I would like to see out of Rosen, he's obviously cannot do anything being thrust in these spot start positions for dumpster fire franchises. Cut him. See him become the backup on, like, I don't know, the Chargers while they're grooming someone for Phil or the Saints while they're grooming someone for Breeze. Just let him get, like, two or three years in, like, a winning culture or something. I mean, some team. I mean, God, is he – who would you rather have, Trubisky or Rosen? I mean, God, I don't even want to answer that. Let's move on to the next game. <laughs> I mean, just as touch real quick, I, I still, you know – I told you. I told you off camera. I think. I think Rosen is Goffian, and I think he's a system yeah. quarterback. And if you have the proper, if you have the proper, uh, you know, personnel and, and coaching in place, he can be successful. But if he doesn't have that, he's going to lose interest, and will probably be in Wall Street. And he could years. go to the Falcons. Let's, he could just be the next Matt Ryan. They probably like <laughs> Matt Ryan. Probably still has six years left. <laughs> there, man. I, I, don't I don't know. He's only thirty three. Not if they keep going uh, four and twelve every year. I don't know. We'll see. That that, that is very <laughs> true. Uh, let's let's have a little Lions talk. Oh real God, quick, man. Tommy! Going going to FedEx Field to play arguably the worst yep, team in the NFL yep. right now, the the Washington Redskins. I think it's between them and Cincinnati right now is the, the clear bottom dwellers. Dwayne Haskins, um, I, you know there was some positives I think you could take away from from the New York game, mostly in garbage time. I, I saw a couple clips of him making some nice. Yeah, McLaurin really had a nice catch. Be a guy yeah. who's not, who's, McLaurin had a beautiful catch in that game. 
Oh yeah, I mean, well, McLaurin is really their their yeah. whole offense. I like them to see uh, with Paul Richardson out. Kelvin Harmon has got a little bit more involved, but this team is clearly, clearly in draft season and it has been for a long while. And then on the other hand, the Lions. Um, have an awful defense, and uh, I, I like Jeff, what I've seen from Jeff Driscoll, man. I mean, he, he, he played well, I think, against Chicago and especially last week uh, against the Cowboys. The Cowboys have some issues on defense, but Driscoll was able to talk about mobility, something that Woo! I talked about when you have a, I love his mobility. You have a quarterback with, with mobility and, and can make some throws on the run and extend plays. Uh, it's it's an it's an upgrade over a, a similar level quarterback a la, you know, Mason Rudolph or... Uh, maybe Kyle mm. Allen or something like that. I don't know. Kyle Allen's got some nice mobility. But any of these really bottom-tier quarterbacks, if you have someone with mobility who can extend plays, it's it's pretty valuable. So valuable. And we've seen that with Driscoll, especially with the offense has, has continued to stay successful despite losing Stafford and carry on. Bo Scarborough, uh, I, I like him in this offense. Really a, a beefy, Joyke Bell-esque boy. That <laughs> just kind of give... Give the ball 15 to 20 times a game and, and let them, you know, carve out some hard yardage. And then the Lions have great receivers. So um, I'm, I like the Lions in this game. Uh, the Redskins are, are really bad and are a clear bottom dweller. And while the Lions, I think, are also in draft season, they, um, I think, are in a, a, a position to beat a team that they're better in despite having – better than despite uh, not having uh, Matt Stafford. Yeah, I agree with all you said, especially with what's dealing with this game. But – Oh man, I have a lot to say about the Lions, and it's not even, it's really not the players' fault, especially the offenses, and it's just kind of like, even though both of these teams, like, I want the Lions to tank, I want us to get the best draft pick possible, I want either Grant Delpit next year, or Chase Young, or Isaiah Simmons, or some stud who can finally help our defense, but at the same time, we may be tanking, I may want us to lose, we can't lose to the Redskins, man. We just cannot lose this game. The Redskins, like you said, I mean, we were talking about the Dolphins maybe being on paper the worst team in the league, but they're better coached. They're playing a little better. Redskins sort of still on paper the worst team in the league. I mean, when your best players are two Ohio State rookies, that's not saying a lot. So I'm going to have to – I'm going to get my pick out for the game before I just give my thoughts on sort of what's going on with the Lions. Um I'm just going to take the Lions, man. They're minus three and a half. I feel it's going to be a close game. As you should. Like like we were talking about with the Colts, they always play close games. So that minus three and a half, you could end up getting a bad beat on the Lions winning by three or two or something. So maybe throw it in a parlay. Probably don't throw it in a parlay because if you're parlaying Lions money line, you're just in way too deep in gambling. But for this week... Um, Stafford won't be playing even with Driscoll. I'll take the Lions just because of how bad the Redskins are. But hopefully, this is one of the last few games we win. Um, now, and yeah. it, well, it's a, it, okay. Oh, well, I don't know if you, uh, Lee and Lee and Adam talked about Matt Patricia. Uh, yes, I think I'm if about, we can do this in them. three to five minutes between the both of us. Three to five minutes. Give your take on the state of the That's Lions, the state take, of the yes. coaching, and and everything. Get into it. Okay. Um, right now, offense, no issues with it at all. O-line is a little bit of weak, is a little weak. Taylor Decker was obviously the wrong pick. Uh, he was one of Quinn's guys, and we took him to, uh, I see, there's just so much shit to say, and the thing that sucks is, 
Uh, Quinn and Patricia are kind of looking like a tandem deal right now. But the thing is, Quinn had two years of drafting without Patricia, and now Quinn has had two years drafting with Patricia. And there are guys that Quinn took in the Caldwell era who just haven't panned out, like Taylor Decker, Tease Tabor, Jared Davis, all those guys. All those guys were Quinn before Patricia people, and they're not working at all. We, we, like, we've drafted so many players that I, I'm sorry if I'm losing my words and shit. It's just I'm, the, I've been thinking about this for so long. Um, we have spent so much capital on offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, secondary. And um, I don't know if it's Quinn making the calls or Patricia making the calls, but Patricia's obsession is just with old school football. He wants to build from the middle in. He wants Frank Ragnow. He wants Graham Glasgow. He wants slow six foot eight offensive tackles like Taylor Decker, who are good in old school football, but plain and simple, he's too slow to keep up with these elite athlete edge rushers that are in the NFL nowadays. Taylor Decker is one of the slowest offensive tackles in the league. And you want to know who he's going to probably have to face this week? Montez Sweat, who ran a 4-4. He's going to have no chance, even though Sweat's not that great of a player. So they, they built their team sort of the wrong way. They got these thumping linebackers, Jared Davis and Jelani Tavai. And yeah, Tavai was a reach, uh, but like nothing against him, honestly. He's been a, the best linebacker we've had. And also... Our, we trade away our best safety to bring in these, like, our pass defense is supposed to be good too, but all Patricia cares about is stopping the run. Whenever Trey Flowers gets questioned, hey, like, what's going on with the pass rush? Why are you guys not rushing the passer? Trey Flowers, why'd you get paid $90 million to only have four sacks on the season? Sorry if I'm ranting a little bit, but this was Patricia, or Trey's response. He said, we need, before we start rushing the passer, we need to stop the run first. He said, if we stop the run, then stopping the passer and breaking up passes will completely come easily. You stop the run, you get rid of play action, and you can easily stop the pass. So they went with that strategy for the Dallas game, and they stopped Zeke. They completely funneled him down. He had 19 carries for 45 yards or whatever, no touchdowns. We got him. Congrats, Matt, Matt Patricia. We stopped the run. If it were 1960, the Lions would be good. But we didn't stop the pass at all because all we cared about was stopping the run. There was no pass rush. The cornerbacks were sieves. Darius Slay was playing terrible. Dak played the best game I've seen him play since his rookie year. So basically right now there's just a little bit of Patricia kind of needs to get rid of this old school mindset. And because he's a defensive guy and the defense falls on him. I have zero problems with the offense right now besides maybe getting a few more athletic offensive linemen. I think our receivers are awesome. I don't care that we didn't get Ed Oliver. He wouldn't have done anything. TJ Hawkinson was a good pick. Stafford, when healthy, is a top seven, top five quarterback in the league. We're still doing all right, even with carry-on gone. We almost beat the Bears. We almost beat the Cowboys with Jeff Driscoll playing quarterback. Everything that has happened this year falls on the defense, and that has been Matt Patricia's specialty. So what I have to say for the Lions' outlook on the season and what we need to do for the future, um, there are four options, really. You either fire both at the end of the year or you either keep both at the end of the year. And the other two options are, you fire Quinn and keep Patricia, or you fire Patricia and keep Quinn. And if I had to go 
with one of the options. Right now, this could change week to week. If I had to say one thing, if we keep losing, I would want to fire Patricia and keep Quinn at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to digest yeah, there. Yeah, sorry, I, I, I mean, I just with... had to... No, 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 you're, you're good, man. Uh, I'll, I'll keep mine short and sweet. And since I... Uh, Lee and Klepp's conversation from this morning, uh, I, I, I'm kind of on the Klepp side of it, where, where Klepp just said that he wants Patricia yep, gone. Yeah, same, same. And I, I'm, I completely am with that. And I saw, I mean... I guess a, a, a part of me really does see what Lee's talking about. Basically, he said that you know you can't fire a guy two years in. And yes, you this, can. There, there deserves to be another year of you know this experiment per no. se, and another year of Quinn drafting, no. and they'll get the. I mean, you know, in so many words, I don't want to you know put words in his mouth, but he, you know, they're gonna get they're gonna get the defense right. They need to get more personnel, and and I just I couldn't disagree more with it. Um, you know, I think we talked about Brian Flores earlier, a guy who who, who took over for Matt Patricia and was Matt, the linebackers coach mm-hmm. for Matt Patricia when he was in New England. And if you're, I've talked about this on podcasts before. If you're gonna get a, if you're gonna go out on a limb on a coach, I just think I, you you have such a higher, I mean, such a bigger leash with an offensive coach because it's an offensive league, and yeah. and unless you're getting you a, draft a, your quarterback, an offensive. Uh. Well, yeah. Well, you either have an offensive coach who's going to bring a new, innovative scheme, a la Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay. Cliff Kingsbury, even Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Kings, Cliff Kingsbury, exactly. Um, which in turn really helps your defense because you know if you look at a team like Seattle, or you know, it was a mediocre defense, and or even Dallas, it was a, a mediocre defense, and their offense is sort of carrying them this year behind good yep. play calling. Um, and then I, I completely agree with you. The, the defense, the def- oh, oh yeah, shout out Kellen Moore. The defense falls 100 percent on Matt Patricia. And also, this is not a referendum on TJ Hawkinson, but that was a bad pick, man. I'm sorry. Okay, Lee, uh, Lee. He's, he's a great – Tommy. I'm he, sorry, Tommy. Player. I'm my bad. The Murray boys. <laughs> he's, one sec, one sec. Because I know I, – I, it's, it's not a referendum on him at all. It's the fact that you could have had Devin Bush. You could have had, had a, Ed, Ed Oliver. You could have went and got Brian Burns. You have no pass rush. Your defense is awful. I mean, I know a corner didn't go, but I, I like Byron Murphy a lot. Maybe Couldn't he wasn't the best there. scheme fit for Couldn't him, take him there. There was – there was better there I think there was better the fact that the defense is as bad yeah. as it is and the fact that um, Lee and Connor Ryan's argument basically is that well the offense is this good if we get the defense in check then look, well, look what we can do but they had to have known the defense wasn't good last year the defense maybe it's a little bit worse this year from a, yeah I don't you know, know Tom, Tommy the, I actually I, I finally agree with you on the Hawkinson uh, you, you're right. I love Hawkinson. I think he's going to be a really good tight end in this league, and I honestly think he's going to be a reliable target for us. But I think the reason why we didn't take him is this was just Matt Patricia hubris, man. He went out and he signed Trey Flowers, and then he had his guy Tavai that he took in the second round. He signed Justin Coleman, the perfect slot cornerback, to finally stop um, and got rid of Nevin Lawson and picked up Rashawn Melvin. We finally got some better corners. He probably thought we didn't need any help on defense. This is my thing, and I picked up my guys. I got my New England guy who got me a Super Bowl. Um, but no, he was wrong. It didn't end up being enough, and he ended up, you were right. Me and you have talked about this many times, and you've said this to me. When we took TJ Hawkinson, it was a luxury pick. It 100% was a luxury pick, and 
I completely see where Connor and Lee is coming from, where if you replace Matt Patricia, you need a guy in mind. Yeah. And, I, and I jokingly threw out Matt Rule the other day, and you know maybe that he wouldn't be the best fit, but Matt Rule's a guy that I think his players have played hard for him at every yeah, program yeah. and he's, he's been at, and he's built programs. And obviously that's Dude, college. Dude, I, I don't know I if I'm that, ready to just take and, a college guy yet, man, like... Well, yeah, no, it, that was that was probably a bad example, and I kind of said it as yeah, a half joke. Yeah. But my the main point is they need someone that's gonna look at what Brian Flores is doing with Miami. No, he is a defensive coach like Matt Patricia. He's over. He's coaching up a bad defense, and his offense is playing hard for him. And they're taking the underdog role. So we probably should move on because we're, yeah. we're we're going close to fifteen. Yeah, my bad. But just one. Oh, yeah, like I mean, you talk about Flores. Other, I think we just chose the wrong Pats guy. Because me and you have talked a lot. We both love Vrabel. And he's doing a lot more with a lot less talent than Patricia is. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. Vrabel has soured on me a little bit this year. He's made some But still, decisions. he's so doing well with Tannehill. And... Yeah, yeah, Tannehill's had a resurgence. Um, yeah, they, we're definitely going to get more into this. I, in the offseason, like once, the once Black Monday comes around, oh, we'll see. Exactly. And we see kind of what the coaching landscape looks like. So let's try and get to these games Jets, a, little bit, a little bit quicker. Raiders, Jets, uh, I can lead it off. The Raiders, I mean, have been have been really impressive, man. And, and I'm a guy who I don't want to say I like their offseason, but I was a bit of an apologist mm-hmm. for it, and I've always been a Mayock rooting guy. So I saw their draft as safe. and, and So I was, safe. And I, you know, so I, safe. I categorized it. I categorize it as them going for doubles and not yeah. home runs, and I think those doubles are paying off in the fact that they're they're seeing opportunity, and really all of these rookies, with the exception of their first two picks and Cleland Farrell and Jonathan Abram, who Farrell has has hasn't you know been as good, but has he's really gotten a little bit better, yeah, he's gotten a little bit better, but he's played a little bit better as as the week has gone on, and Jonathan Abram has been hurt. Uh, this team's playing hard for Gruden. They're getting production out of Hunter Renfro. Max Crosby had four sacks last week against uh, Cincinnati. Yes! The, boy. the broken hand! Uh, Hunter, Hunter Renfro is – there's nothing surprising about what he's doing. I mean, the guy was in, incredibly polished and finished coming in the draft last year, and especially after his career at Clemson. So th- there's a lot of good things going in the Raiders' way, uh, way. They really should win this game because of where they sit in the, in the current mm-hmm. playoff picture and the opportunity they have to – you know, not only get a wild card spot, but potentially compete with the Chiefs for the crazy. I know they play the crazy. Chiefs next week, and because of that, I think this is a little bit of a trap game mm. for them. And I'm kind of going with yes. the Jets. Um, the Jets have hit a little bit of a hot streak. Darnold's Woo! playing well. Um, I think. I mean, obviously Washington isn't you know a beacon of the NFL, but he played well. He made one really bad. Uh, he threw like bad he does every it, game. It's whatever. I like yes. I can take that. I don't think he's Jameis Winston-esque. I think he's a young guy. He's figuring it out. Um, he's, he's a playmaker. And I think this Raiders defense is incredibly susceptible. Uh, and I 100% think the Jets are, are live in this game at home. Um, they're a three-point dog at home, which I think is, is potentially mm-hmm. tempting. Um, so uh, the Jets, I think, I just see the opportunity for Darnold to really go up against a Raiders team that struggled uh, at home against Cincinnati last week. They're going across the country to play uh, to play new, uh, in the Meadowlands. Um, and I think they potentially might have the better quarterback. Yeah. So I'm going to roll with like the Jets and, uh, and you know, keep that hot streak going. I like it. And um, for some reason, I mean, man, on paper this game doesn't look great, but this is going to be a fun one to watch. And I just got to start by saying, when you think about if the Raiders were to win this game, after all the stuff that happened over the offseason, I tell you that they get, they get rid of Antonio Brown for nothing. 
Don't play with him at all. Their number one receiver is like a tight end who used to be a drug addict in Darren Waller. And they're 6-4 and four going up against a team with a, a struggling team throughout the year. And the position to be 7-4 and four and really like lock themselves in a playoff spot. That shocks me with the Raiders. And uh, just talking about the Raiders' success thus far this year, Derek Carr's been fine. He doesn't have a lot of, like, you know, targets to really throw it to. He throws a lot of intermediate or short intermediate routes, doesn't turn the ball over too much. He's been fine. I think uh, a lot of the reason for the Raiders' success has been Josh Jacobs. Um, I In my mock draft, I, I made my mock draft as soon as Marshawn Lynch retired, and I immediately slotted in Josh Jacobs in that 24 spot. Check it out on uh, thebackjudge.com. I got some good content on there, all my listeners. Um, but he's had an amazing year. And he's really kind of proved that uh, after watching that Oklahoma game in the Orange Bowl that he's kind of just sometimes, even as a rookie, he's a man amongst boys out there. But um, I'm with you, man. I'm feeling the Jets right now. And everyone loves to dog on Sammy D. I know, you, even, I know you've always been a Sam Darnold believer, so when he has those you know three-pick, four-pick games, I'll text you and I'll give you some crap about it. But he's a good kid. And he just throws the ball well. He looks like a franchise quarterback. I like the way he talks. Everyone gave him a lot of smack for when they beat the Giants. Um, and they were 2-7. and seven, And they said, um, you know, we still all believe that we can make the playoffs this season. And I, I honestly, I didn't think that was, you know, him just boosting, him just saying things to sound good. I truly think that's the attitude that you need to have um, in this league. No matter what position you're in, whether you've lost seven, seven games already, you could always run the table. And the Jets were one of my favorite teams to start the season, especially with the Le'Veon pickup. And the, the new uniforms are dope, I can't lie. I'm a big uniform guy. And uh, the defense is sick. I love President Maul. So, uh, the, and the fact that the spread is so close when uh, with the record disparity – might stay away from that. If I have to take a team, I'm picking the Jets plus two and a half or to win this game. I really like the Jets. Sam Darnold is having a similar season right now as he had last year. I know he missed a couple games, but he's going to have to take some strides at some point. It could be against this porous defense. I don't see myself betting on the spread, but I do um, kind of like the under 46. Uh, what do you think about under 46? Uh, I, I, I think that's a bad move. I would, I would Over, think really? be honest. I mean, I don't have a strong, I don't have a strong feeling, but the defense, both defenses are bad in my even opinion. Even the Jets, both man, qu- even with the playmakers, they, well, I guess they could get pick well, sixes and. They don't have, they don't have a pass rush. Quinnen! Uh, and they. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, they, they got, they got Quinnen up the middle. Um, and they have the affirmation, aforementioned, uh, presidential. <laughs> over I love safety. Jamal, man. But I love him. They're, oh no, he's 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 great, man. And I mean, the strip sack he had—what was that against two, Danny two, Jones? Nine? Yeah, he just absolutely against Danny Dimes was baptized awesome. him. But he's really their—he's really their only. <laughs> yeah, he baptized him. He's their really only their playmaker. Their their secondary is a little weak. And uh, before we move on, I mean, you know, the Raiders. I think they gotta be. They can't. They can't let. They can't take this this Jets team lightly. Yes. They have the. Uh, they have a coaching advantage. Oh, yeah. They have a much better <laughs> offensive line and. Their defense might be a little bit better. Maybe doesn't have the playmakers, but I think might be performing a little bit better than the Jets right now. So they definitely should win this game, but I like how we're both. Yeah, Sam, one, la- one last thing, to- because I know, Tommy, like me and you are both Jets guys. Like, I, I like the Jets. Um, any chance Gase is gone after this year? 
I mean, they put they they release that they're going to keep them, which I think is a bad move. Um, from it doesn't work, man. Year, it's I mean, not working. Obviously, yeah, it's it's not working. He isn't. An he can't talk to the media. media. Yes, uh, this is this is the separate problem of when you hire you have a GM who does your yeah. whole draft and hires a coach, and then you fire him after the draft and bring yeah. in a new guy. We so saw this coming. This organization is a little bit in tatters, which definitely has me. Uh, you know, I I was I was I thought the Jets were gonna make the playoffs this year preseason, and and I was completely wrong. And this ownership group is uh, potentially you know not not very let's, good. Let's just uh, trust the process, man. Sam will get better. We got a couple more years. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see how that what they do this off season. Let's go on to Chicago, <laughs> where the other the other New York team, the New York football football Giants, are coming off the bye and and going to oh my field, God. Man, to, to play. To play Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, Mitch, show me something, Trubisky, uh, and the Chicago Tommy. I'll Bears. let you. I'll let you uh, start this one off. I can't wait for this one. Yeah, pro- you probably have more to say on on it than I do. These are two teams that are bad. Uh, the Bears, if they had a, a mediocre quarterback, would be a, a playoff contender, but they don't. Um, their defense, while it hasn't had the same you know luck and performance that it did last year, is still a right, yeah. unit. But I'm not gonna lie. I'm on the yes, off the yes. Line. I'm on the I'm on the Giants coming off the bye. I think they got the better quarterback. They have the better offense. And while the Giants' defense is awful, I don't really worry. I don't think uh, that Trubisky. I mean, maybe he'll throw two touchdowns like he did against. The yeah, Giants. for 150 uh, yards. He, I mean, yeah, we'll see. I don't. I mean, I'm not going to bet on this game. This is just kind of my gut feeling. I just can't uh, reward the Bears right now. Uh, they. I think they have a better coach and a better defense. But other than that. This Giants team, I think, has uh, their defense. I think can keep up with the Bears. I mean, we we talked a little bit about Anthony Miller. The the, the boys mentioned Riley Ridley on the podcast this morning, who apparently doesn't know the, Bears. <laughs> but the Bears. The the Bears have talent on offense, no, but they, they just don't have the quarterback to give no, it to don't. them. I mean, I'm saying, Al, Al, I mean, uh, what's his name? Robinson. I, Allen Robinson is one of the better receivers yeah. in the league. He's had Blake Bortles he, and Mr. Trubisky. No, yeah, Allen, Allen Robinson is being wasted away. I'll let you finish. I'm sorry. I'll let you finish. Play. I'm sorry. Yeah, let me let me finish, Dolan. You, you, My bad. On, buddy. It's just <laughs> when you say the Bears have talent on O. I'm sorry. I know. I mean, I and I'm also a guy who was. I thought David yep. Montgomery was uh, my my rookie of the year pick this year. So a lot of just misfortune on, on the Bears side, and it all stems at the quarterback. So I can't reward them for that. I'm going to go with the Giants mm. off the bye. The floor is yours. Okay, great. Going. Yeah, and, and I'm sorry to um, obviously Allen Robinson. I love Allen Robinson. Uh, I don't know if you remember back in 2015 when it was uh, the Bortles to Allen Robinson combo. Where the the team the Jags went five and eleven I think but but uh, uh, Allen Robinson had fourteen hundred yards and fifteen receiving touchdowns and Blake Bortles had forty passing touchdowns all in garbage time and I made the playoffs just off having those bumps so I love Allen Robinson he's a legit wide receiver number one but before I get to tra- uh, trash talking to Trubisky I also just want to like raise a little bit of like just some concerns I have about the Bears offense as a whole. And also, uh, I'm just going to preface this game by saying that this is probably my favorite quarterback in the league versus my least favorite quarterback in the league. Um, And um, the thing about the Bears offense, and I don't know if this was Nagy. um, I see your face right now. I meant favorite quarterback, not best in Daniel Jones. Come on, Tommy. No, but uh, um, I don't know if it's Nagy kind of in pace building a team to sort of play around whatever small strengths Trubisky have 
But Allen Robinson is the one legit, you know, 6'2", 6'3", ball hog, jump ball, 150-yard receiving, stud receiver. And he has been since he played at Penn State. But the other guys that they surround him around, I just don't like it. I mean, you got Tariq Cohen, you got Anthony Miller, you got Taylor Gabriel, you got Cordero Patterson. You got a lot of these guys who are just like, what position do they even play? It's got some like, it's literally like, you know how there's a flex spot in fantasy? Everyone on the Bears just plays flex. Like, it's all these guys, they try to be as versatile as possible. Misdirection Matt Nagy will be like, oh, here, let me throw a pitch to Tariq, and then he's just going to throw it to Anthony Miller before throwing it downfield to Taylor Gabriel. Like, he's really just trying to mask stuff for his quarterback. Um, move- They're a mess, man. They're yeah, mess. And moving, Yeah, so like I said, I didn't want to blame it all on Trubisky. Like, I don't know, he, he doesn't have as talented people around him as – you know, it's made seem besides Allen Robinson, he's a top 15 uh, receiver, top 10 when he's on a good team. Um, but just the Trubisky issue right now, I'll try not to lag too much on this one, but the Trubisky issue right now, um, hilarious what happened. Absolutely hilarious what happened. I tweeted about it. I don't know if you saw it. But um, this is a man who was drafted second overall um, just two and a half years ago. And the Bears, the Bears, the Bears were playing a Sunday night game, their most important game of the season against the Rams, a team that they're fighting for a wild card spot with, and they were down by ten points in the third quarter. And I don't care if Trubisky has a hit pointer or whatever; he barely ever runs the ball because he's too scared. He's not getting touched too much. Trubisky got benched in this past game, and that's just there. It is. There's them giving up on him, and I think by the end of this year, Mitch Trubisky is either going to be traded for a seventh-round pick or he's going to be cut, and that's kind of just the facts of the matter right now. Um, So everyone knows who Trubisky is, how bad he is. I've been saying he's bad ever since 2017. So now I'll move on to the Giants. Um, I really like them in this game. I know the spread is <laughs> the spread is Giants plus six. I'm gonna go ahead and risky Survivor the Giants money line. Please rock, lock it down. The Giants are gonna win this game. Daniel Jones is quite simply just a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky right now. He's played in um, three fewer games than Trubisky has and has 400 more passing yards, six more passing touchdowns, and. Um, and Trubisky's supposed to be the dual threat, um, but Trubisky only has 60 rushing yards to, uh, well, to Daniel Jones, well over 103 rushing touchdowns, not to mention Saquon Barkley is coming back this week, and hopefully Evan Ingram is questionable and he plays. If all those guys are healthy, I know the Giants' defense sucks, but the Bears' defense sucks even more. The Giants are winning this game, risky survivor. Love it, love it. And uh, I got my risky survivor coming up. But let's move Let's move on to New Orleans where the Panthers are visiting Ooh, the Saints. I love it, man. Uh, the Panthers, I was I was on the Panthers last week against Atlanta. Uh, is it Atlanta tough week to be on them, man. Really tough week to be on them. Very tough week to be on them. The house came down on Kyle Allen, and Atlanta is all of a sudden hot. But to stick on Carolina and New Orleans, um, I don't have much really to add to this. I think the Saints are one of the better teams in the NFC and are fighting for – a top seed in, in the NFC, mm-hmm. so they can't really afford to lose these divisional games. And while the Panthers, you know, might 
you know, might be performing better in the underdog spot going in into New Orleans. I just can't pick them, man. Uh, Kyle Allen had an awful game last week. I, I'd like to see him potentially back bounce back, but they are going up against the Saints defense that that is pretty imposing, and and the Panthers defense I think has has gotten weaker um, as as the season has gone on. When when there was a point during the the, the midpoint of the season where I think they were playing really well with the newly anointed Kyle. Ha! <laughs> newly so anointed. The. The Saints, uh, the Saints are just too good right now to for me to not to yep. not pick at home uh, against uh, the. Panthers. Yep, I'm with you. I don't got much to add to this game. But a funny thing is, uh, the last time, I, so this is um, we're previewing Week 12 right now, and the last time I came on the podcast, we were previewing Week Six, and uh, Kyle Allen had zero interceptions when we were previewing Week Six. And you want to know how many yeah. he has in the five games since then? He has nine. The dude has completely fallen apart. And it's kind of yeah. gotten to the point where, it, like, Cam's on IR for the season. It's an injury thing. He's not coming back. He is. He's done. Okay. Yeah. Well, Kyle Allen is even worse than Cam. Like, it, when it comes down to it, like, the Panthers have some decisions they need to make on QBs, not now, but at the end of the season when people are healthy. I. Would this team be better with Cam? I honestly, this team would probably be five and five with Cam too. So I, the the Panthers are a mess everywhere besides McCaffrey and also DJ Moore. He's a PPR god. He hasn't gotten one touchdown. I traded him for Melvin Gordon, and I am fine with it. I don't care. I, everyone I asked told me I won that trade. Bad trade. Bad trade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you're a Melvin hater, but when my second best running back is James White. And all my other receivers are sick, and I got Thielen and Green on the bench to go along with Amari. I don't need DJ Moore, man. I still got Golden Tate, Cole Beasley consistency. Uh, I'll do my own free solo pod about how good my Dynasty League team is some other day. But, yeah, I'm going to easily take the Saints. I'll probably lay the 10 points on it, too. Just the one thing I have to say about the Saints as the season keeps going on. I'm not sold on Breeze being better than Bridgewater at all. I think at some point they need to switch back to Bridgewater. Yeah, I mean, you and Lee both were on the are, are think that Bridgewater is an upgrade. I've been over saying Breeze. it for a minute. I, I'm man. not. Yeah, I'm not just because of Breeze's comfortability in the system yeah. and the fact that he's yeah. Drew Breeze. But he's I, old. I, we, we should. We, Let's let's move on to Philly, where, where Seattle's going there, and this is my risky survivor of the week, and this is the game that I think I'm wow. the, probably the most confident wow. in. Um, with with Seattle, I guess now they they were three point dogs. It's down to one and a half. They're one and a half. Really point dogs. in Philly? Um, okay. In Philly, um, and uh, I mean this Philadelphia Eagles team has really so disappointed bad. me so this bad. year. Um, really bad. The defense, I think the defense played pretty well against against oh, Tom yeah. Brady last week. Um, I think a little bit of that has to fall on Brady, and he did not have one of his better games. They're all, they they really have some issues on mm-hmm. offense, but we'll get to that when we get to the Patriots. And then um, Philly, you know, since Deshaun Jackson is gone, their offense has been incredibly one dimensional. Miles Sanders has been has been solid, but really hasn't been a number one back. And without Jordan Howard last yeah. week, he kind of failed to carry that load. Uh, and, and then ultimately, I mean, the offensive line isn't playing as well. There, there isn't really an X factor in the receiver room. And ultimately, Carson Wentz is has not been able yes, to transcend sir. that man. And that's kind of that's what kind of it kind of comes down to. Can't wait to talk about that man. Is, I can't wait. 
Wentz has, has, has not been as good this year. I think Doug Peterson is kind of having a bit of a down year from a coaching perspective, and, and maybe that the, that maybe that's not true, and, and it really just comes down to the fact that they haven't been winning, and, and I just have that impression of them. But I've just been thoroughly disappointed by this Eagles team, and, and this is a, a Seattle team that if there's ever a spot for, for Carson Wentz to bounce back against, th- this should be it. I mean, this Seattle secondary is really bad. Um, I think that, you know, Clowney, they have a nice pass rush with Clowney and, and some of the other guys that got on that D-line, but this, this this Philly offense, I think, matches up really well with Seattle's defense, but that being said, um, Russell Wilson is just playing so much better than Carson Wentz right now, and Philly's defense is equally uh, unimpressive. Maybe if I give them a slight edge over Seattle, uh, Russell Wilson is just playing at such a high level right now that that I, I can't pick against them coming, coming off the bye, going up against this, uh, this Eagles secondary. Yeah, man, like I, oh, God, the thing that, this is Vegas playing tricks with us, because looking at it right here, Philadelphia is one of the teams I have been most disappointed by in the year, like you said, and the Seahawks, that's, oh my God, you know the wind's pool, I got the Chiefs, the Seahawks, and the Ravens, we've been doing nice, the Seahawks have been a nice surprise, They've taken it up a level from last year, even when they were a wild card spot and lost that close game in Dallas. Because, you know, the Cowboys don't lose in Jerry World in that first round game. But I, the thing that is sort of just sketching me out, man, why are the Seahawks underdogs in this game? I mean, I guess the home field. I mean, it's just the uh, Eagles need a win. I guess they view them. Yeah, I guess it. I guess I mean that's that's. A big I mean, like Tommy, that, uh, I gotta like. Is this one of those where the line is kind of like we used to talk about these on the podcast all the time last year, and I hated doing it, but it kind of makes sense now. Is this one of those where it's just like Seattle can afford to lose? I, I don't think so, man. The division just race, the yeah. Division, obviously, the Rams. Uh, the Rams are a bit of a paper yeah, tiger, but the Forty ers the 40, they're in direct competition yeah. with the 49ers and have the tiebreaker against the 49ers right now because they beat them um, if they were to have the same mm-hmm. record. So, I, I mean, I don't think – you really can never – I mean, you're right. Like, you, there are teams that I guess can't afford to lose, but right now they – especially in the NFC, you really can't afford to lose. Philly especially can't oh, afford to lose. Oh, definitely not. But f- um, Philly, Philly doesn't I mean, have the option to afford to lose. They just lose because they're no, bad. No, no, not at they all. They just lose because they're yeah, bad. They're, they're bad. Yeah, they really have been, uh, you know, disappointing. I mean, I guess if I had to set the line, I'd set the line at Seattle as a three-point favorite. That's yeah, I mean. yeah, they're, yeah, and they're plus one and a half point dogs. So on on that note, um, Eagles were one of my teams going into the year. I really liked. I've always been a Wentz guy just because of how when he when he when he like, goes out there and he's six five, he's got that arm sleeve, he's got the swag of like Michael Vick. And he just slings that ball over the field. He's avoiding pressure in the pocket like he's Jeff Driscoll or Drew Locke or something. But I just don't really get what's going on, man. This is, I have an issue with Wentz, dude. Because he's one of the most – I'll try to keep this short. Because right now all i got to say is my pick is the Seahawks. And I'm going to put a lot of money on the Seahawks. But like, And the Eagles could easily prove me wrong. Because this, this is a team. Wentz is one of those guys – who likes to keep games close and sort of have that final drive opportunity. But what the hell is the deal with Carson Wentz? Why can he not put up passing yards? I know that, like, okay, Nelson Aguilar, maybe he's not as good as he was the Super Bowl year. Alshon Jeffrey, yeah, he's hurt. I mean, he's 30 anyway. It's not like he's an elite receiver anymore. He hasn't been since he was in Chicago. 
Um, but Carson Wentz, even in his close to MVP season, where he had 33 touchdowns, seven picks, you remember where he tore his ACL. It was a beautiful play. Yeah. That's when I was like, this guy is a baller. He is so much better than Goff. He's the best QB in that class. Even that season, had he not gotten hurt, he wasn't even going to touch 4,000 passing yards. He has, Carson Wentz has not come close to 4,000 passing yards his entire career. Injuries well, or not. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think, I mean, to wrap, let's wrap yeah. this up. But I guess to, to close it up, I will say, I mean, it comes back to that having that deep threat, dude. I really, I think he needs someone. He to needs Deshaun. Yeah, that was Aguilar. He needs. I mean, of course, he needs Deshaun. But that was Aguilar really in the past too. I mean, when Aguilar was not as bad. As I know, he but was like, now, let's when he was, when he was a young. This will be the last thing we say because we want to move on. But like, what the hell happened to Aguilar, man? He's your USC boy. I don't know, man. He is <laughs> He's my so USC fast boy. to stop dropping the passes. Because I, I love Wentz. I he has talent, but the talent doesn't show up. So we'll see. That ball he threw. Well, that ball, last thing. That ball he threw to Aguilar against the Patriots, that he, it was a yeah. tough catch that he dropped, was a yeah, dime, I know. dude. Oh, was he a threw dime. a beautiful pass. Like a, I said, Carson he, Wentz is, I mean, between like Watson, Mahomes. It goes Watt. It goes Mahomes, Watson, Wentz in terms of sheer quarterback talent right now. He he is yeah definitely he is a little Andrew. Yeah, Lockett, he definitely I is, and I, that's I, just what with the you, mobility and toughness, you know Andrew yeah. Luck struggled with having a weak supporting cast for a while too. It's just the thing I'm gonna end it with just with this like Wentz is turning 27 soon. He's my guy. He has so much talent. I just want him to produce, dude. Yeah. All right, let's. As do I, as do I, despite the fact yeah, that... Yeah, I know, I know, like, deep down, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter if Wentz produces, because you already know Amari Cooper is going to have 200 yards every time you exactly, play him. Exactly, exactly. I love Amari, exactly, man. Exactly, man. And, and, and Dak is just better right now, let's, let's oh, be yeah. honest. But let's move a on great to game, let's a great Atlanta. game. Atlanta. Tampa Bay is coming to Atlanta, the red-hot Atlanta Falcons. And the red-hot red um, Buccaneers coming off one win. Oh, my gosh. I don't really have a clear mm-hmm. read on this game, to be honest. Um, the line right now is, is Tampa Bay as four-and-a-half-point dogs. The over-under is at 51-and-a-half. Uh, this definitely, I think, has the makings of a high Over! Game. Over! The, yeah, I, I think I'm on the over, too. The, the, I mean, if the Falcons play like they have the past two weeks, they're going to win this football game. But I just I don't really have a great read on this. I think that I, my gut kind of says Tampa Bay just because – I've seen what they've done this year, and I kind of – if this game's a shootout, I kind of lean Tampa Bay. But if, if Atlanta's able to shut down um, this Bucks offense, I guess relatively, no one really can shut down the Bucks. Hell offense. yeah. But if they can kind of limit the Bucks offense and kind of play like they have the past two weeks when they've been rejuvenated, I don't know who the offensive assistant is that they moved to, to the defense. Raheem Morris. Raheem, Raheem so Morris. Bu- they moved Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris to the defense. Oh my god, and he's and got his defense. revenge game against the Buccaneers. He used to coach the Bucs. He does, oh. man. Well, I might have to I might have to take <laughs> it, but I'm not going to. Because I got all my picks ironed out before we do this. And and I'm gonna pick Tampa Bay just because I'm gonna fade Atlanta for one yeah. last week at home. Um I I would um, this is a huge stay away from game Same. for me. I guess I would lean the Same. over if I had to, but I'll lean Tampa in what should be a classic NFC South uh, gutter. Yes, sir. I'm going to stay away from betting, too, just because, honestly, I something that's hilarious, Jameis Winston has 18 picks so far this year. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> he's not getting extended at the end of this year. Um, but what I have, what I, I have know. to, yeah, actually, I don't know either. I know Mariota is and Jameis might. Um, yeah. This is a stay away game for me for two reasons. Mostly because it's just like, who knows what you're going to get with either of these two teams. On paper, especially offensively, these guys have so many weapons, and they just haven't been able to figure it out, and I feel like that kind of has to fall on the defense. So if I had to bet anything on this game, I'm going to take the over. But for my pick, the Bucks will lay in plus four and a half, but I'm not going to be betting on this at all. So I'm just going to do Bucks. you know, I'll take Bucks straight, uh, plus four and a half. Probably won't actually bet it. Uh, I'll just make that my pick. But I also will probably just take Bucks straight up because when it comes down to it, I have to be biased on these picks sometimes. I have two, the two fantasy leagues I'm in that are not the dynasty leagues. My wide receiver ones in both are Mike Evans, and my wide receivers two in both are Chris Godwin. So I love the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that, oh man, you know I used to love last year talking about receiver duos. We would talk about like, oh, they got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Oh, they got Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. None of that means anything. We have literally two of the best receivers in the league on the same team. I hope for a big offensive performance out of both these teams and a close shootout Buccaneers victory. Yeah, man, their offense is fun to watch, even though I wish O.J. Howard was a little bit more. Same, man. O.J.'s a boss, man. O.J. busted, dude. No, dude, he did. The talent is there. Arians just doesn't use tight ends. He uses Cameron Braid, bro. He uses Cameron Braid. The Cowboys, dude, the Cowboys should throw. I would love to see them throw a second round. Oh, my God. That's a great idea. We'll move on to the next game after this one last one. How many more years does Witten have? Is this his last year? I mean, even if Witten's back next year, I don't. I mean, he's going to play as long as he wants to play. His his play isn't going to drop anymore. You got. He, he's he's reliable. He makes good catches, and, and he's so yeah. Small. Like, Tommy, I, I hope you know that I am as f- I'm faster than Jason Witten. <laughs> you, I, I think yeah. both are faster than Dude, Jason. But Witten, uh, the Cowboys, like you guys, got all your first rounders back next year and everything, right? For the yeah. drafters, in? Yes. Yep. Tra- trade for OJ. Not yeah. I mean. We'll see what the Bucks want from, but I mean, I'm not giving a first, but a second. Uh, with, you know, anything with the way below, with the way I'm he's playing, the, with the way Let's, he's playing, the Bucks will take a conditional fifth rounder. Oh, uh, I would do that in a heartbeat. All right, bro. Um, this is gonna be a on. quick one. You want to run the Broncos Bills? Yeah, let's move on to Buffalo. The Broncos are visiting Bra- the Bills. Year of the um, Allen, Brandon well, Allen versus Broncos? Josh Allen. Yep the the yeah. Allen Bowl. Uh, the Broncos. Were feisty last week in Minnesota. Jumped out. To that, that was crazy. Uh, to that, that was lead. Crazy. To that lead. Um, I had Minnesota in a leg of a large <laughs> teaser to, to try and keep my bank <laughs> a roll, uh, bank roll alive. But uh, Houston plus fourteen and a half just bit me in the bum. Oh, um, uh, yeah, that, that was that was brutal. Plus fourteen. Um, oh yeah, I would have thought that was gonna be a lock, man. Jesus. I know. Yeah, I mean Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, Baltimore built too. different. We got to for that. real. Um. I mean, I don't have a huge read on this game. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to pick the Bills just because I think they have a better defense and probably a better offense. And Josh Allen, while not, you know, while kind of being Josh Allen, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've never been a big Josh Allen Come fan. On. He's never been accurate. But what he can, what he can do in turn, I know you are, but what he can do, do in terms of him being an athlete and extending plays, you know, is definitely something that has kind of 
made given this Bills offense an identity. John Brown's been balling out. Um, you know, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if the Broncos win this game, but the Bills, I think, are have better coaching, better offense, better defense, and really need this win at home at New Era. That's an imposing place to play mm-hmm. for for Brandon Allen, and I really expect this Bills defense to really get after him. I don't think. I think Minnesota's defense is a bit of a fraud, and Cleveland's defense obviously is not anything to write home about as well. So I'll keep my analysis short and sweet. I'm going to take the Bills. Um, what's the line on this? Do you know, uh, plus talking? four Denver. Yeah, I mean, I, I, wow, the, the over under yes, is at thirty seven yes, and a half. I, I was, but, I'd lay the points on the Bills probably. I, I think I would too, man. I think that's a prime T-spot. Yes. Hey, Tommy, I was I forgot to mention to you earlier, I gave you that teaser. It paid off. We got the teaser boy pod this time. We did, did, wait, did you go Did you go in on the Chargers uh, against the Chiefs? No, I did, uh, I did, I, I did oh, Chiefs no. plus two and a half and then Milwaukee Bucks minus three, and it was easy. Just, just oh, a nice, little, nice awesome. little $35 in my Venmo when I woke up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. um, so, but what I have to say about this game, like, like I said, we'll keep it short and sweet. The Bills are going to win this game, and something that's going to be pretty surprising is an eight and three Buffalo Bills team that looks like they're going to make the playoffs, barring an epic collapse. But I'd say that the reason why I'm going to take the Bills is um, pretty much because had the Broncos not collapsed against the Vikings. They'd be four and six right now. They'd kind of be fighting for a playoff spot. Right now, it seems like kind of like their season's over. And I like the Bills a lot. I know Josh Allen, like you said, he's not accurate at all, but he can toss that thing. He's not like a league leader in passing yards, but he's in the top eight or so. Um, and poor, poor man's young Cam Newton. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. He, as, when as Cam, long as, before Cam had his MVP season, you know, when he was he was very inaccurate, but he would still bomb it, and, and obviously was a sick yeah. athlete. It's I, you know, I mean, he's dude, a, he's a poor man. Okay, dude. Tommy, as long as you're not saying that Josh Allen is week two versus Tampa Bay fake Philly Cam Newton, then I'm fine with that. Uh, uh, but but the thing with these guys, like, um, I think that both of these defenses are, you know, very good. Not very. The Bills' defense a little better than Broncos. How do you feel about the Broncos' D? I mean, I think I think they're solid. Uh, not having Bradley yeah. Chubb is tough, but they're second. I mean, Chris Harris, Justin Simmons oh. is having a great year. He's like the highest rated PFF safety, and, and Kareem Jackson yeah. has been a good uh, signing. Chris Harris is um, you know, Chris Harris kind of is still doing everywhere. his thing, right? Yeah, and yeah, you're right. Chris so, Harris. I like, forgot about. Him. Yeah, so they, I think the Bills are gonna. I, I, Tommy, this is gonna be a teaser. I'm gonna tease the Bills spread down and the over up, and then probably take the under. But I got the Bills winning this one just yes. because the the Broncos. I, I appreciate. I liked what Fangio did in getting the players like fired up for the Vikings game, but they choked, and now their season's over. So yeah. All yeah. right. So let's uh let's move on to Cincy, where yeah. Lee Murray's Pittsburgh Screw Steelers are visiting the Screw Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I finally rode the Steelers last week against the Browns, and it burned Same. me, man. And I rode the Steelers, as too. Someone who is, yeah, it burned me, man. And, and as someone who, you know, uh, has always been skeptical of this team, you know, it was this is the first time that I really have watched a lot of the Steelers, except for that Indianapolis game, which I thought Indianapolis, uh, you know, thoroughly, you know, outplayed them in Venetary, yeah. you know, felt it came down to Venetary. But that's that's in the past. Let's move <laughs> on to this. Uh, the Steelers, man, they got a great, great defense, top oh, yeah. five unit. There's no arguing that. But Mason Rudolph is their quarterback, and 
they just aren't they're just awful offensively and they kind of fall into that spectrum of 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 the Rams, the Bears and yep. the Bills even to a certain extent. worse than of, the Bills. And I mean worse the Bills, than I, the, Bills. I, the Bills are like the most the, the Bills I think are the most successful of them just because of what Allen's able to do with his mobility, but this is a team that their defense is going to keep them in every game, but it's going to come down to what Mason Rudolph can do and of course they're going up against the Bengals who have just looked awful this year and I'm going to pick the Steelers because they need to win this game because they're in the race for the the you know the AFC playoffs. Um, but it wouldn't shock me at all as if, if the Bengals uh, you know won this game, to be honest. And the Bengals are seven-point dogs at home. That's not Steelers. a lot. That's not a lot. I think they're live for that. I kinda, well, I kind of like the yeah. Bengals on that, man. It's close for a reason, I, dude. I, it's close for a reason. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like a – 14 to 10 Steelers yeah. win or something, or 17 to 10 Steelers win and we'll push. I don't, I, I don't know. Hey, maybe A.J. Green will play think, this week. Jesus. Nah, man, he's shut down for Fuck. Shot. They, they should. Why they didn't trade him is beyond me, but that's another. He'll, be, a, he'll be on the pass next year. That's why he's on my Dynasty League. What I got to say, before I get into this, I mean, I know that Andy Dalton was on pace to absolutely shatter the passing attempts record, but, like, why, why is Ryan Lee Finley starting over him? I mean, Dalton's going to be a free agent after this year. They're not going yeah. to re-sign him. They need to see what they have. I mean, but they have nothing in Finley. Um, Might as well win one game. Like, I, I mean, Lee was a big Finley fan. Yeah, I of like course Finley he is. Lee's a Rudolph too. fan too. <laughs> we, we, let's leave. Let's leave Lee's Lee's Finley uh, for Mason Rudolph okay. out of this. Ryan Finley, yeah. I mean, he hasn't been great so far, but. I definitely think that he has a little bit of potential going forward, and I, I still I still believe in him to a certain extent. This Bengals team has just been awful. I like to see that they're they're feeding Joe Mixon the ball. First touchdown! He got his ball. first touchdown last week. For real, man! It's a, it's a, it's about damn time. Um, you're on the no 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 no, no. Let me give my pick, man. Um, I think Mason Rudolph is the worst quarterback in the league. I think he I think wow. that he is significantly worse than Mitch Trubisky. I think this is dink and dunk nonstop interceptions. Turns the ball. Trubisky's got four picks on the season. Um, Rudolph has eight in uh, much fewer games, many fewer games. Um, he can't throw the ball downfield. He's rendered Juju Smith-Schuster absolutely useless. And Juju got his bell rung last week. I don't even think he's going to play. On paper, yeah, look at the records. Of course the Steelers should win this. But just because of how... Obsessed with Mason Rudolph, Lee Murray is, and just about all the crap he talked about the Steelers last year when they had a much more talented team, and he said they weren't going to make the playoffs, and now they have a worse record right now than they did at this point in the season. I am going to take the Bengals not only to cover plus six and a half, but the Bengals are going to win this game against Pittsburgh. This is... This like is it, the man. one. I like it. The Steelers I mean, suck, and they, they have to win at some point. And I'm tired of watching Mason. I, there have been too many primetime Mason Rudolph games, man. I'm like, it's bad. Like, just the just end it, it, it dude. The, the game against the Browns was really bad. This Bengals team, I would expect, would be have a little bit of of you know they need they to have to passion, they, they have, have to. The Dolphins have two. What, wins, what else are they going like, to win if they don't win now? They have one more like game against the Dolphins, but I honestly I could say yeah. like uh, uh, oh, I know the Steelers. Then again, then again, T.J. Watt's going to have two sacks in this game. The Bengals' offensive line is bad. 
Um, I mean, I, I, I just need to be, I, 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 like I need to be risky at, for some picks, happen, man, but I just don't have the cojones. I need to be risky for some picks. I don't think the Steelers are anything. Rudolph is bad. And I, I'm tired of Lee gassing this team up and they screwed me when I bet on them against the Browns. So I'm done with them. Let's go Bengals. <laughs> Let's move on to, to Nashville, Tennessee, where we got another AFC South just uh, matchup, gr- man. Jaguars, gross, Titans, El Clasico. Gross. Haven't haven't seen it since what week two Thursday night. Oh, football. it's El Clasico. Um, Where's the? Why are there no color rush for this one? I would have loved to see Nick Foles in the Thursday night uh, color rush jerseys. This is. Oh man, that would have been that would have yeah. been beautiful. Um, this game, man, is a is a big stay away yeah. from me. Um. The, Foles, you know, was, so I guess was a little bit rusty, but I still I think is a better quarterback than Garner Minshew right now, and I and I I still I'm going to believe that until proven otherwise. And the, you know, the Tennessee Titans are just mediocrity personified. Yeah. You know, man, like they are the middle of the pack in the NFL, and they they beat the Chiefs, man. They beat the Chiefs. They lose to I don't even know who the worst team they lost to off top is, but I, I can look at their schedule real quick and. And uh, they lost to the Broncos. They got shut out in Denver, sixteen nothing. Um, that, that's the first thing that. So this this is just a, a battle of mediocre teams. I got to take the Jaguars because nice. I think they have um, the better quarterback right now, and and just I think are even though the Titans are coming off the bye, um, Jacksonville just was awful last week in Indy. I like to think that Foles bounced back a little bit. They Lee was talking about it on the other pod how they they got away from giving the ball to Fournette. Yeah, I couldn't agree yeah, that was more. BS. Um, and, and I just ex- expect this to be a low-scoring game where I wouldn't be shocked if the Titans win. Uh, Tannehill is playing well. Uh, he's been a clear upgrade over Mariota and seems to, to give this team a little bit of, of new mm-hmm. life. But I see this. This is another prime teaser spot, man. The Jaguars plus nine, under 47. Uh-huh. This is yeah, like those, the same, those offenses are not going over 47. This is a big under week, man. We just got to gotta have I, these I, weekly teaser specials, Tommy. Like, uh I know, man. I, I. This is a big stay away game same, for me. So, same. but I, I just lean Jaguars because I like Foles more than. Yeah, I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna take the Jags too. Obviously, last week was kind of tough, and I think that these next coming games are pretty huge for uh, Nick Foles because when it comes down to it, if he kind of struggles towards the end of the year, um, I don't know if they look to trade him to a team like Chicago or a team like Carolina and maybe roll with Minshew, but I love Foles, so we'll see how he does this week, because I project him to win. And also, Leonard Fournette, I, I tried real hard to trade for him last uh, night, but Lee just asked for way too much in the Dynasty League. I wasn't giving up that many draft picks. Plus, I got another pick back, so I had to settle for um, Gordon. But I love Fournette, and I love Derrick Henry, too. Th- this is a battle of two um, running backs who... I was a little iffy on to start uh, the beginning of the year because Fournette has struggled the past two years, and uh, Henry had most of his production after that 99-yard run against in this game against the Jags last year at Tennessee. What are the odds about that? Um, but Foles has just um, – the thing that concerned me fantasy-wise and kind of just like offensive production-wise was that DJ Chark and uh, Gardner Minshew just had, like, really good rapport. And DJ Chark sort of ended up being one of the best surprises in fantasy and one of the top ten receivers in the league stat-wise. Um, and Foles continued to sling it to him. And uh, I, I, even without Ramsey, I'm still happy with that defense. Miles Jack is one of my favorite linebackers in the league. And I think that both these teams are consistently inconsistent, but the Titans are even more. I've been impressed. I, I, I'm still a Vrabel guy. 
And it's been amazing to see what Tannehill can do. People didn't give him enough credit. He went 7-9 and nine with a terrible Dolphins team last year. But I'm going to take the Jaguars in this one, and I am definitely staying away. Yeah, big stay away. Let's move on to uh, potentially the best game of the week. We got a great primetime slate, uh, or I guess Cowboys-Patriots is what I'm alluding to. Oh, wow. Um, The Cowboys are traveling to New England to take on the Patriots, and both of them, I think, are coming off semi-concerning performances. Me as the Cowboys fan. Um, the offense was great. Dak is uh, clear is definitely in the MVP conversation right now, and and, this, and I, this is coming from a guy who has doubted Dak for a majority of his career. Obviously, I loved him as a rookie and what they were able to do in 2016, um, but he really was not that same level quarterback in the past uh, years. Oh yeah, he's been year. singing it, and he he's he's really is just playing unbelievable this year. I think you got to give a lot of credit to Kellen Moore, who I think is running a great offense right now, but. The more concerning thing is uh, I still just am not comfortable with Jason Garrett as the head coach going up against especially Bill Belichick, but any other uh, more competent coach than him. And this Cowboys defense uh, is not playing well, man. They are weak up the middle. They They got great edge presence with Demarcus Lawrence, Robert Quinn, and Michael Bennett, but they're... They're really soft up the middle. Um, their secondary uh, is not playing as well as it was last year, and the linebackers aren't playing nearly as well as they were last year. Um, and, and Jeff Driscoll, quite frankly, just just tore this team up and was able Woo! to – I mean, obviously the Cowboys were in control of the game, but they were never really able to, to step on Driscoll's throat and, and end it in the way that I thought they would. And a lot of that is due to – what the Lions have been able to do offensively, which we alluded to earlier. but um, And then on the Patriots' side, the, the offense was – I mean, we know the defense has been great this year and one of the better defenses in the league, but the offense was really bad against Philly and a, a secondary that I think maybe mm-hmm. overperformed against uh, New England and off their bye. But really, that's a matchup. that they, they got to be better. They they're, they got some stuff to figure out. Uh, the release of Josh Gordon continues to be a little bit puzzling. Obviously, Nikhil Harry is back in the, the fold, mm-hmm. and, and they traded for Mohamed Sanu. But – this this offense is still very much a work oh, yeah. in progress, but they're going up against a poor uh, Cowboys defense, as I just alluded to, and and I am really curious to see how this um, Cowboys offense looks against a Patriots defense that I think is going to surely limit Amari Cooper and and definitely limit Zeke, who has been incredibly underwhelming this year. I might as well say it. I've been talking about it with you guys for a lot, uh, a Oof, lot today, here we go. And, and I I clearly. Tony Pollard is a better running back than Ezekiel Elliott there right now. Oh, um, and, and, and maybe a, a year ago when they had their old offensive system and it was let's feed Zeke the ball 25 times and then hope that Dak converts on third down, yeah, maybe Zeke was a better fit for that offense. But with, with what Kellen Moore is doing right now, with the concepts that he's doing, with the motions that he's doing, Tony Pollard is a better receiver. They, they should be riding their passing game more than their running game, but they still are wed to Zeke because of the investment they made. Um, Tony Pollard just has more juice right now. Zeke obviously still is, is a great back, but he's not worth what they gave him. And right now I think this offense would be more efficient wow. without him. And uh, I, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope Zeke can re- return to his old form and, and really just turn it up as the season goes along. But right now I think that Tony Pollard is the better back. And That's I, a hot I'm picking take. the Patriots this week. It, it is a bit of a hot take. I'm, I'm That aside, I am picking the Patriots this week because uh, – I think Brady's going to have a bounce back game against his defense, and I'm expecting a little bit of a lull from Dak against the arguably the best defense. All in the right, league. well, Tommy, I got a question for you. 
Um, because, you know, we, we always obviously talk over the offseason just getting ready for the NFL year and debate. And I said that I think that if the Cowboys don't get a deal done with Zeke, that they're going to be like, you know, an 8-8-ish eight eight team. And here we are. Like, I was expecting the Cowboys to be an 11-5, 12-4. I thought they were taking a leap from last year. Here we are. They have Zeke. He honestly has not been as good as he has been in past years. And he's kind of been, he has a lower yard per carry uh, this year than he did last year. And Dak really has been having the best throwing, um, the best performance throwing the ball of his career. So I have to ask you, what do you think the Cowboys record would be right now had they not signed Zeke? Better, worse, same? I mean, at the very least, I, I, I agree. I don't I think it would be worse. I don't I think it would be worse. I mean, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say, oh, if they had Tony Pollard, they or if Tony Pollard was their bell cow and they they had Mike Weber, you know, rotating in Mike Weber and whoever else they got. I mean, it just, I'm not going to say they would have they would have beat the Vikings or they would have won games that, uh, you know, you could have saved the, ninety million is, though. You could have saved ninety million. A hundred percent could have saved ninety million. I would have been much more comfortable giving. Dak the money that he's shown that he's deserved with this performance. Right. I mean, you can't let Dak walk now. He's He's been an MVP. I don't think that this is a flash in the pan. I mean, in the worst case scenario, he regresses to the mean of what he was in, in the past couple of years, which is not, I mean, there's worse situations to be in. You could be the <laughs> Bears and, and passed off. Or the Detroit Lions. Sean Watson. No, it, yo, Tommy, exactly. Tommy, But is this a, is it a contract year for Dak? Okay, uh, it is. sign him, it sign is. him. He needs to be signed. You're right. Yeah. You're well, right. You're right. The problem is it's a contract right. year for Amari too. Fuck, and, yeah. and it's a contract year for Byron Jones. You're right. And they're gonna have to pay they're gonna have to pay Landon Vanderesh next year. There's a lot of guys that they're gonna have to pay. Um and, and running back why, is the most I mean, interchangeable position they should have. You were right, man. Exactly. Exactly. That's a good point, man. I agree with you completely there. And before we move on, I'll just give my pick for the game. Um, I, I completely agree with you and what you said. I am very concerned about the Patriots' defense. I think Brady really doesn't have much time left. There's a lot of dinking and dunking. He's not throwing a lot of touchdowns. I know that he'll have those eight-minute drives where he can get it to the one-yard line and Sonny Michelle will just punch it in. But it's really just kind of you can sort of see Father Time start to uh, – have its effects on Tom Brady. And um, the defense has sort of been what's carrying the offense. And, like, I know that I, I, I'm like Muhammad Sanu. It's, it was cool when he ran those wildcat plays for Atlanta and threw touchdowns. But I don't think this is a guy you give up a second-round pick for to bring in as, like, a number one receiver. But at the, end of, at the end of the day, it's still the Patriots. They still have the best defense in the league. Um, I'm a little bit worried about, um, Dak and Amari Cooper considering like how Dak has performed this year. Um, he's unquestionably, you know, a top 10 quarterback right now in the league. And, uh, Amari Cooper to me is a top five receiver in the league. Just based, I, I, I did give the Cowboys a little bit of credit for trading for him because they gave up a first rounder and uh, he struggled towards the tail end of his career in Oakland. But he's motivated now. 
If, if, if he feels like a guy who's happy to be on America's team. He has the best footwork I've seen out of a wide receiver in a long time. So hopefully he has a good game. He's going to have to be going up against Stephon Gilmore, one of the best corners in the league. Um, I'm probably going to stay away from the spread because it's Patriots minus six and a half, and I think it could be close. But I got the Patriots winning this game. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like the I kind of like the Cowboys plus the points because I think Dak's going to be able to relatively keep them mm. in the game, but. Um, just going into Gillette, uh, especially off a, off a, I mean, I almost said a loss, but that yeah. just goes to show you it's how just cause it's Driscoll, un- unimpressed man. the Patriots were. Yeah, they were just really unimpressive yeah. against the Eagles, and uh, so this is a this is a spot where the, I look for them to get back on. The, yeah, hey, t- t- back Tommy, on the wagon. This is a random uh, game where both teams have come off uh, ugly wins, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no. Oh, and now we got true. two beautiful primetime games to end the week off. Damn, what a slate, yeah. Tommy. I can't wait to get the I can't What a slate. Take take us to I, San Fran, man. Take I can't to wait San to get Fran. this episode out there. Um this San Francisco game, well, let me uh pull it up right here on my click. Where is it? It's eight it's Sunday night, right? Um they yeah. uh these uh, Green Bay is a three point three point dog. Oh, they're a dog. Okay, so I'm gonna start this off by um admitting that I was wrong. Both the Green Bay Packers and San Francisco 49ers were very hyped going into this year. And I I just didn't see it, honestly. I thought that Rodgers was getting older. I've always thought that Devontae Adams was an overrated receiver. Um, And he kind of has proven me right this year. He really hasn't had that good of a season. He's got 500 yards and no touchdowns. But um, the uh, Patriots' defense, I sort of didn't really – Factor in that Zadarius Smith is a good player. Adding Adrian Amos has helped him out in the secondary. And Rodgers, while he's not putting up the gaudy, you know, as many touchdowns, as many yards as possible, he's still got the same touchdown-to-interception ratio he's always had. So I think Rodgers does still have another two-ish years left of elite production. And on the Niners' side, I was even more wrong because I had them going like 5-11 and and missing the playoffs. And that's just because I wasn't that impressed about the talent they had around the offense. Like, I, I, I don't really think Jimmy G is that great of a quarterback. I always thought Tevin – I like Matt Breida, but, you know, he splits carries. I always thought Tevin Coleman was more of a change of pace back, especially after what he did in Atlanta. And um, they had no receivers going into the end of the year besides Kittle, who's been hurt. But I did not factor in them trading for Emmanuel Sanders – um, for a fourth-round pick or something, I believe, which was a great rental to help uh, Garoppolo out and get their passing yardage up, especially while Kittle is hurt. And I just did not expect Nick Bosa to be as much of a tank as he is. And that entire defense, even Quan Alexander signing from the offseason where I was like, oh, they overpaid for that guy. Um, the defense, the, especially the defensive line, they drafted Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, and Nick Bosa the past three years, and also picked up D Ford. Aaron Rodgers has had some issues in the past where with uh, pass protection, and he's gotten hurt in some of these games. Um, Niners at home on Sunday night, especially after losing a home Thursday night game to the uh, Seahawks in a heartbreaker. I'm going to have to go with the San Francisco 49ers in this one. Yeah, man, this is going to be an so awesome good. game, and and these are I was these were two of my better inklings wow. in the preseason. I had the Niners, I had the Niners and the the Packers 
both as playoff teams and um and, and the Niners have I mean yeah they exceeded my expectations I thought they were going to be a wild card team and, and they are right in the thick of that getting that one seed I mean this game is huge oh, yeah. for the playoff impl- uh, implications both of these teams are fighting for one seeds if San Francisco wins this game Minnesota and Green Bay are now all of a sudden Minnesota is kind of live for a two seed and potentially even the division um you know, this this is kind of the same read as as the Colts Texans game to me, man. The 49 except maybe uh on uh-huh. steroids because these are just yeah. better teams. The the 40 the 49ers as you alluded to, man, it's Jimmy G is really the only he's the only only question mark. That's really, how I've me. always uh, their thought, offensive man. line. That What's I've, that? The entire year like when people were um you know, gassing up the 49ers because I love Kyle Shanahan. I love their defense. I love their offensive line and all these weapons they put around. I just didn't know if Jimmy G was the guy, and he still still has yet to prove if he's that elite quarterback. So I'll let you finish. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree, man. And he even, you know, against Arizona last week was was not the was not the sharpest. Um, get, definitely had led them on that comeback, but was making some boneheaded throws. That that interception he threw was pretty bad. Um, but basically, what I was going to say is they don't have Jimmy G, but everything else is is great. They have the coach of the year, in my opinion, who was my favorite, my preseason favorite for coach of the year. And I don't want to count my yeah. chickens before they hatch, but barring a strong come on from John Gruden, a total, I mean, not even a strong come on from any of the other coach, but a total meltdown in San Francisco. I think he's got to be, be your coach of the year. Yeah. Um, the offense, ugh, I mean, Dante Pettis has been bad, but like you said, they brought in Emmanuel Sanders. Debo, Debo Samuel's playing well. I love George, Debo. George Kent. Yep, I mocked him to the Lions in my draft. Not a big deal. <laughs> I think he probably would have been. He would have been pretty. He would have been pretty good for them. Though. Better than Amendola, that's um, for sure. Yeah, I mean. No, yeah, he is. I know. It's just he's only thirty-four, <laughs> and Debo is twenty-one. I know. <laughs> George, uh, to get back to the Niners, George Kittle. Uh, I think is the best tight end in the NFL right now. I mean, that's probably who I would him say is the or best Kelsey. Tight end. And then as you, yeah. But what he can do, I mean, just in terms of a complete tight end blocking and just a little bit more of an athlete mm-hmm. than Kelsey in terms of the, the motions that they put him in and mm-hmm. the screens that they they get to him. Um, and then on defense, like you said, Robert Sala is going to be gone. He's going to be a head coach next year, but he is just hype. This defense oh, is so hype, man. You can see how it. hype he is. They play hard for him. Um, I saw the, the the promise in their defense preseason, but it, I did not see it in the secondary. This secondary has been awesome. Jimmy Ward, year. Richard Sherman, Jimmy Ward is playing great. Richard Sherman is playing great, uh, and then their front seven. You know, no real surprises for me there. Nick Bosa is going to be the defensive rookie yep. of the year. It looks like, and Quan Alexander is out right now, but Fred Warner has played great uh, in, in his second year. He was a really good rookie from last year. Yeah, um, and then on the other side, man, it's it's Aaron Rodgers. This Packers defense is good, um, it's, it's, but is is as you've seen it be susceptible throughout the year. They've they've had highs and lows. Yeah, like I that think. Chargers game, and man. They're, like... they're, exactly, man, and and even uh, you know the Raiders game. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of games where they have shown to be a little bit of a sieve potentially. Um, so basically, I'll wrap it up. But you know, I, I lean yeah. Niners. But I'm going up against Aaron Rodgers, and if Aaron Rodgers has a performance for the ages, and even if Jimmy G plays solid, the Packers are going to win. I'd like to think, you know, like Aaron Rodgers is the is the X factor in this. Honestly, game. yeah, so, you're right. It comes down to because both defenses are good. It comes down to Rodgers versus Jimmy G. So shit, we we may be a little risky taking the Niners. 
Yeah, I mean, I I just think it has to be the yeah, same for me. It is. Um, it is. At home, I and, and they have a clear coaching advantage. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Shanahan's a better coach. Lafleur ain't uh, anything. Yeah. Um, you want so you want we'll to end it. it with this beautiful Monday night game? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's let's go to L.A. Baltimore, L.A. Monday night. Um, I guess I'll start it off. I don't have a lot to say except for the fact that the Boy King yeah, has returned. I, last year, the last year the Boy King went away. Uh, and we maybe we're only calling him the Boy King in August. In September of 2018, and then we, the BJP boys, we got a little quiet. I didn't get quiet. I've been on golf from the start, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all—I mean, he's—we've called him the boy yeah. king for a reason. But he, this year, the offensive line is gone. Uh, it doesn't matter how good the defense is playing. But as I said, with the Steelers, uh, the Bills, the, the 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 Bears, this is a team that even if they have the, even if the defense is playing well. Their offensive line is bad, and they have Jared Goff as quarterback. And if Jared Goff doesn't have time, McVay isn't able to, you know, madden himself into being Jared Goff's mind and, and making the throws for him. Jared Goff has all the talent in the world; he can make all the throws in the world. But as I alluded to earlier with uh, Josh Rosen, he's a system mm-hmm. quarterback, and if you don't protect him and give him and his coach, more importantly, time to execute their game plan, uh, then they're gonna they're gonna get fried. And on the other end, Lamar Jackson uh, is neck and neck with Russell Wilson. I think for I agree right now. And has proven that despite the fact that he's um, not the most polished thrower, he's incredibly efficient within this offense. I mean, I can't give enough props to that, this coaching staff and what they've been able to do with him and basically replicate a lot of the same things, things he was doing co- in college and in turn replicating his, col- his production from college. I mean, this reminds me of his sophomore year at Louisville when he – you know, uh, was the, was the won the Heisman and was the best uh, player in the nation in the college football. So, uh, and and then one more thing: this Ravens defense says all of a sudden, oh is yeah. Good. After I I thought they were a major question mark after they gave up forty to the Browns when it week three or whatever it was. This Ravens defense seems to be coming into its own. The addition of Marcus Peters, Marcus Peters revenge game. Um, <laughs> revenge basically, game. in short, I. Basically, in short, I'm riding the Ravens hard, man. And the fact that they're only a yeah. three and a half point dog, I think is, I think that's a little bit of some LA uh, mystique from last year. I just think there's no reason that you can. I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess the Rams could win. Their backs are up against the wall, and the Ravens could have a little bit of a down spot going across the country. But Lamar Jackson seems like he's on a mission to win the MVP this year, and this kind of is the year of Lamar Jackson. Um, if Russell Wilson wasn't playing so darn good and wasn't on bye last week and we didn't have that, uh, you know, recency bias, we, you know, Lamar probably would be running away with the, with, with the MVP trophy. So I'll shut up, but I'm on the Ravens this, uh, this week and I'm going to continue to fade the Rams yeah. and pump the Ravens tires until they play a little bit more legit competition. Yeah, I got a, I got a few things to say about this cause I've always been a Rams guy, but I have the Ravens at minus three right now and I am probably going to rip the hell out of that. So because they're going to win yeah. that, um, my issue with the Rams all year last year, you guys called Jared Goff, the boy King, and Jared, Co- Jared Goff is my guy. I love my mother, Julie Nichols Dolan. She is a graduate of the University of California, and she is a huge Jared Goff fan. So when he got drafted number one in L.A., gets to live in Cali for the rest of his life, boy, was I hype. And then he came out last year. The Rams were my pick to win the Super Bowl from the start of the year. I had them losing to the Patriots. And, of course, they choked in the end. But I was like, this team is legit. They are here to stay. 
McVay is like the future of the NFL. And that's why so many people have tried to copy him ever since. But now, fast forward about 10 months later, and I have to admit, Jared Goff is the boy king. This is just like watching any other system quarterback. He cannot, He throws the ball like 50, 60 times a game and yet still somehow ends up with like 300 yards. It just gets ugly every time, especially with Cooks hurt. Woods has been iffy. Cup, he's back now and he's had some good games, but he's also had some games where he's laid some goose eggs, and I think sometimes it just takes a little bit for Goff. He's not the smartest guy ever. I mean, I don't know if you remember Hard Knocks, but he had no idea which way the sun rised. So I think it takes a little bit of a time for this California dunce to kind of like build rapport with receivers. And it sucks because I loved the Rams and I really thought they were going to be a contender this year. And since I didn't buy into the Niners, um, I uh, thought they were going to win the division this year. But I'm off that. And yeah, they beat the Bears last week, but the Bears are terrible. And the only small chance that the Rams have of winning this game is if they do the same thing they did against the Bears and they just feed Todd Gurley. Because Todd Gurley last week finally looks like the Todd Gurley that we know and love. He was running the ball. He didn't get hurt after 10 carries and need like arthritis or anything. Everything was fine. And so if they can do that, they have a chance. But I don't even care. The Ravens are one of the best um, defensive team, defensive and offensive teams in the league. Just because they have a quarterback that, uh, with the exception of Kyler Murray, um, no one else has to play every every week, and Kyler is just like a shorter, slower version of him. So I think that right here, slower. He, he is slower. He is slower. Just a little. I know. It's just funny that we're we're comparing Kyler Murray to. Someone I know it's unbelievable. It's just amazing. It is a, Lamar is a cheat code, and I know a lot of people like to give him flack on his throwing, but he's fine if he can keep hitting those down the middle or down the middle of the field routes to Mark Andrews. He'll be fine if he can keep doing a read option to Mark Ingram, who's a great back, or pull it. He'll be fine. Marquise Brown is always open deep, and the defense has been great too. I think right now, had I looked at this game preseason and been like, oh, Week 12, Rams at home against the Ravens, I'm taking the Rams. But after everything that's happened and all the disappointment that's happened with the Rams so far this year, i got to go with the Ravens. Yep, man. I mean that that about wraps yes, it up. Sir, there's, man. there's nothing. It was it was a it was a great app, Dolan. We, uh, we, we, we got we got after it. We got we went in the hole. We, we went in the we hole. We got to do this bit. some more often, man. I feel like uh, it, it's a little easier to get some uh, mild-headed, agreeable takes when it's just some smart guys like us. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, th- thank God your girlfriend isn't going to see this, uh, you know, the, the video portion of this. Uh, yeah, I know. Soon, She's going to be like, I didn't know you were friends with Ryan Reynolds. Uh-huh. <laughs> Always great talking to you, T, All though. Right, uh, yeah, let, you let, too, mate. Let's you get too, some articles mate. up on the website soon, and we'll pod again soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're the pen, Dolan. You're the pen. God bless God you, man. I'll talk later, to you brother. soon. Let's have a week. You too.